the youth, and she spoke on rejection. So I'm, I'm going to continue the theme today, because rejection is something that I see so many people struggling with in the body of Christ, and it's something that I've struggled with through the years. In fact, one time I went to the psychologist, and the psychologist says, what's your problem? I said, nobody wants to talk to me. The psychologist said, next. I, I told him, everyone hates me. He said, you're being ridiculous. Everyone hasn't met you yet. So that's the end of the joke section of the... Um, I had a real good one, but Pastor George said it wasn't funny. Don't use it. But if you would have heard that one, you'd be dying right now. So I'm going to turn to Isaiah chapter 53 starting in verse 3. <coughs> and these verses are about Jesus. Even though it was written before he even lived on the earth, it's what's called prophecy. Prophecy are scriptures in the Bible that speak about what didn't happen yet, but it's about what's to come. And these prophecies were speaking about the Messiah, the Savior who was going to come. And we know now that they were speaking about Jesus. So Isaiah 53, verse 3. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised. And we held him in low esteem. Say, when Jesus was on the earth, he was laughed at. People mocked him. They made fun of him. They spit on him. They pulled out his beard. He was abandoned by his closest friends in, the, in his time of greatest need. His friends all ran away from him. He was gossiped about, hated. He was betrayed by one of the people closest to him, and Peter denied him. You know his, his friend Peter, who said, even if everyone else, if all those other people hanging around you walk away, I'm going to stand with you to the end. And then when they took Jesus, they arrested him, and they beat him. And Peter was standing there. And you know what Peter said? Him? I don't know him. That Jesus? I never heard of him. And he even started cursing. See, Jesus gives us a model of somebody who was totally abused, totally abandoned, totally rejected. But even in that, with all that he took, with all the abuse, even as he hung on the cross, People laughed at him. They said, if you're who you say you are, then let's see you come down from the cross. He was, he was whipped. He was hurt. The, the religious crowd, they hated him with all their heart. All they did was plot to try to get rid of him, try, plot to kill him. He felt totally rejected. But he never let rejection define who he was. 
He never stopped loving, never stopped forgiving, never stopped trusting his father. He never became bitter. He never saw himself as nothing, no matter what anyone tried to do to him. You couldn't take away his confidence. You couldn't take the love out of him. You couldn't beat it out of him. No matter how much you try to hate him, he refused to hate you back. Even as he hung on the cross, after all the nails in his hands and the whipping and the mocking, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Jesus is our model. Nobody could define who he was. He knew that he was the son of God. And no matter how anyone tried to abuse him, he kept on going. He stayed in the place of his destiny. He went to the cross. He refused to quit no matter how he was treated. It says in John chapter 1, verse 10, he was in the world. And though the world was, was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. He came to his own people, and he always came in love. He never came in hate. He never, he never came as to cause trouble. His heart was always open. He, always, he wouldn't close up his heart. He kept loving. He, he loved his own people, his own family, his own brothers. And he came to them, said, I want to bless you. And they cursed him and mocked him and sent him away. But he wouldn't let rejection take hold in him. In, in fact, before he died, he said, I'm ready to go because the devil has no place in me. In other words, that thing of rejection, Jesus said, it never took root in my heart. I'm not going to let my circumstances tell me who I am. Because I know who I am. I was sent here with a mission. I'm a child of the living God. And no matter what you do, you can't change that. What, what a model that Jesus gave us for dealing with rejection. See, th through my years of being a pastor, I've seen how rejection affects people's lives. And you know what? I, I'm, I'll stand here and say that most Christians, the majority of Christians, never fulfilled the destiny that God gave them. And one of the reasons, one of the major reasons is rejection. Always feeling, I'm not good enough. Don't ask me to preach. I, I can't do that. Nobody wants to hear me sing. Don't ask me to do anything. I'm just nothing. Don't let that spirit of rejection rob from you one more day. And what I want to do today, I want to expose it. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you eight areas where this, of how the spirit of rejection can manifest in your life. And if you see any of these areas working in you, this is your opportunity to get free today. 
Number one, if you've been rejected and rejection is operating in your life, then you won't see yourself the way that God sees you. Judges chapter 6, verse 12, it says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him, speaking of Gideon, and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. Those were the enemy of Israel. I am sending you. But Lord, Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least in my entire family. Here was this man named Gideon. God came to him and said, mighty warrior, great hero. That's how God saw him. What You go and you lead the army. And Gideon said, not me. I'm nothing. I'm a nobody. My family is nothing, and I'm the least one in my whole family. See, he'd been so rejected and stepped on, even his family, that he, he couldn't see himself the way that God sees you. If that's you, if you don't see yourself today as mighty in God, powerful in God, then the enemy has stolen that knowledge from you. If you don't see yourself as beautiful, as worthy, then you don't see yourself the way that God sees you. You've let the enemy define who you are. You are great in God. There's greatness in you. There's nothing that you can't do. You are the righteousness of Christ. And if you, if you don't see that today, there's something wrong because of the wounds you've gotten in life. You need to begin to change the way that you see yourself. Number two, many people who carry rejection have a, have a critical spirit towards themselves and others. See, people who don't feel good about themselves try to attack other people. Why? Because it makes me feel good about myself if I could find fault in you. Right? Isn't that what it is, all the gossipers? Uh, boy, they're, they're the happiest looking people I've ever seen. When you get like a bunch of people sitting around and someone says, oh, did you hear the latest? And then everyone, they start going like this for some reason. They say, oh, yeah, yeah. And they go, why? Because if they can say something bad about you, it makes, it makes them forget the way that they don't love themselves. I'm going to read a quote. This is one of my favorite quotes from a pastor named Chuck Smith. He said, Oh, how horrible our sins look when they're committed by somebody else. I even noticed that when I was driving this morning. Somebody, somebody did something on the road I didn't like. I got so mad, and God reminded me. But you just did that the other day, that same thing that I was mad that someone else did. 
It's easier to get mad at what someone else did, even though I do the same thing. That, that is not a ministry in this church, fault-finding. Finger-pointing is not a ministry here. There's no place for it. And, and most of the time when people speak judgment, it's because they don't love themselves, because they've been rejected and hurt. Number three, people who are dealing with rejection experience difficulty in loving others. Because they can't love themselves, they're not equipped to love another person. Here's what the Bible said. This is what Jesus said. Love others the way you love yourself. You know what that means? If you don't love yourself, you're not going to love anybody else. It's not prideful to say, I love myself. I value myself. I value my life. I'm a child of God. My body's a temple of the Holy Spirit. That is not being prideful. If you can't love yourself, you're not ready to love anybody else. You need to begin to value who you are, the person that God made you to be. Number four, people who have been rejected often have feelings of inferiority. Rejection makes people feel as though they'll never me measure up, and it leads to self-rejection. And, and we lose our self-respect. And do you know what happens when you lose your self-respect? When you hate yourself? Do you know that other people see that? And they treat you the way that you treat yourself? Let, let me give you an, uh, an example in another way. Let me tell you about my car. I'm just being open today. If anybody ever knows my car and looks inside, you're going to see some big mess. I don't care what month of the year it is. I have all my papers, soda cans, water bottles. And you know what happens when, when they give somebody a ride and they have junk? What do you think they do with their junk? They leave it right there in the mess. Why? Because they see the way that I treat what I have, and they go right along. But then I know other people who have cars, and it looks immaculate. There's not one speck of dust in the car. And do you know what happens when somebody rides with them? What they do with their water bottle, their garbage, they put it in their pocket and leave with it. And that's just the reality of life. People notice how you treat yourself you're drawing rejection to yourself when you walk around kicking yourself. Oh, I'm nothing, I'm a nobody. Walk around angry. You don't like who you are. People will see that and you're drawing rejection. I'm speaking to some of you right now who feel like you're being rejected. Stop inviting it. You attract who, who you are. 
Start walking around in confidence. Do you know that there's nobody here better than you? I don't care who you are. You can walk to anybody in this world. You look them right in the eye. They're not better than you. You can walk up to the president, any movie star. You walk right up to them because you have the greatness of God in you. You, you hold your head high when you walk, and you'll see the difference of how people treat you. You're going to start giving out vibes. Don't touch, don't mess with this. Don't touch my stuff. Or you could, if you could still hate yourself and think nothing of yourself, and people will tap right into it. See, a lot of that rejection is up to you. Number five, a lot of people who have been rejected become preoccupied with their appearance. Sometimes those suffering because of a, re, a rejection, always try to dress in ways that will get approval, always concerned about how you look, always have to look a certain way, as though that will make people love you. You know what the Bible says? That who you are should come from the inside. You don't have to perform for anybody. You are beautiful right now. You are a beautiful woman of God. You are a handsome man right now. You don't have to put on a show to get love or approval for anyone. If, if you're so obsessed with the outward, it shows me that you feel like you lack something inside. That people will only love you if. Get rid of that if. Begin to attract the, the love. Number six, many people who deal with rejection, they're prone to perfectionism. Always feel like, well, I have to always be perfect all the time. And if they ever make a mistake, they feel like a loser. I, I, they begin to feel shame. I give you permission right now to fail. In Jesus' name. It, it's okay. You don't have to be, do everything perfect in order to, to earn love. The Bible says love is a free gift. I'm not talking about excellence. Everything we do, we should do the best that we can. But so many people are paralyzed and never do anything. Well, if I can't do it perfectly, I'm not going to do it at all. You're never going to be perfect. Be free to be who you are. Be free to get up and fall down and get up again. Number seven, people who deal with rejection live in a state of anger or bitterness, and, it, and you give off a message. I know, I know many people like that, people who, who really have been hurt and wounded and rejection and rejected. 
they give off this thing of anger which says, stay away, don't come close to me. As soon as you get close, it's like the fangs start coming out. Oh, keep on walking. And do you know that when you give out that message, people receive your message. Stay away. Many times people have been so hurt and wounded inside. It's not worth it to them to risk love again. And they begin to, and they begin to surround themselves with, with this anger that comes out of them. You need to let that go and just be who you are. To just be able to rest in the knowledge that God loves you and that's enough. Just one more. Those who feel rejected continually have a rejection syndrome, meaning that you expect people to reject you. And let me show you what happens. If you don't love yourself, if you feel bad about yourself, here's what you do. You take those thoughts and you put them into people's heads and now in your imagination, everybody's rejecting you. Do you know how many times that as a pastor, people say, people get mad? I say, why were they mad? Oh, because the way you looked at me. Oh, because you didn't say hello. I didn't even see you. <laughs> one lady one time started yelling at me in the church, saying, why are you looking at me? You think you're better than me? I said, I didn't even know you were even there. Look, never mind, look at you. <laughs> Why? Because she didn't like who she was. She took those thoughts and put it into my head. That's what some of you are doing. I remember when I first started going into church. This was years ago. I go into church. And I really had gone through some hard things, and I really didn't like myself. And I sat in the church, and I kept, think, I kept thinking, these, hitting this voice in my head, these people don't care about you. They, these people sitting here, they don't like you. You know what I did? I got up, and I went home, right out of the church. And I, I, God convicted me, and I made a decision that day that I'm going to stand. I'm not going to let rejection drive me away from what God has for me, one, not even one more time. And you know what the reality is? People are much more concerned about what people think about them. They're not even thinking about you most of the time. Some of you really need to hear this. There's some of you, you really wounded thinking nobody likes you. And it's because you're putting those thoughts into their heads. They don't even know. You have this whole drama going on and you're involving people and they don't even know they're in, they're in the drama. There's no, rejection will rob you. And I'm sorry for the times, it, people, I know that so many of you sitting here, you've been really hurt, wounded. Many of you, it's been in church. 
Many of you have been abandoned by, by ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands, ex-wives. Some of you even by parents. My father left when I was five years old, and sometimes I didn't see him for years. And then when I grew up, I saw him. He said, oh, how come you never called me? In other words, I was your fault. And I grew up feeling rejected. That's something that I battle with. I've said it before, but a few years ago, I was at one of these pastor's prayer things. And they called all the pastors to come up. And I, and I you know what? I thought in my head, I'm not going up because they only want the real pastors. They don't want me. You see how that rejection from my past was still operating in my head. And I said, I'm not going up there. And you know what? God spoke to me. And he said, if you're going to keep this up, I can't use you. I need people who are confident in my love. I need people who are going to stand up in boldness. It's time to put the past be aside. Some people, you just better let them go. Some people in your life now who are rejecting you, let them go. You know what T.D. Jake said? He said, I have the gift for goodbye. You want to go? See you. People come to me sometimes. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be in this church anymore and this and that. You think I'm going to beg them to stay? Bye. It was nice lowering you. Because you know what Jesus said? He said, there are people, they left, they went out from among us because they were not of us or they wouldn't have left. There are people in your life who left you. And instead of being wounded and hurt, you better thank God. Thank God for that bum that mistreated you and walked out. And you're still feeling like a nobody? For that ex-husband that you're still crying over that cheated and walked all over? Let him go! It was not of you in the first place. He wasn't there to value you. Surround yourself with people who see you through the eyes of God. People who will lift you up, build you up, who see the destiny in you. I'm going to read a quote. From Mike Bickle, who's one of my favorite ministers in the world, from the International House of Prayer, he said, I had been living under crushing condemnation, struggling under the painful misconception that God had judged me by my attainments and thus rejected me. Yet, while I had been focusing on my lack of mature attainment, God had been looking at my sincere intentions. The father heart of God was thrilled with me, an immature, mess-making, spiritual infant. 
My heavenly Father was enjoying me while I was yet in the process of maturing, not sighing in disgust and waiting impatiently until I grew up. He loved and longed for me. He felt proud and was excited over me while I was falling short. It is the knowledge that we are loved, accepted, and valued by God that gives us a greater sense of value and true self-worth. When you know the, God's emotions towards you, it begins to change you. Even in your immaturity right now, even in the failure, the mess that you just made last night, some of you were places last night you know you shouldn't have been, and today you feel convicted. Even in that big mess, God sees your heart. He sees you keep coming back, that you keep moving toward him. And he's pleased with you in your mess. He'll deal with you. He'll discipline you. <laughs> he's not going to leave you like that. But he loves you. He's not going to love you any more than he loves you right now. Because some of you feel like even God has rejected you. Some of you sitting here now, you feel that God, he, he doesn't love me. He's angry and disappointed at me. It says in Isaiah 54 that God is not angry at his children. He's not angry at you. He's not disappointed in you. He, his arms are wide open. And as you behold him, you are changed. So I'm going to ask Molly to come. I, I asked her just to share a little bit today. Hi. So I'm just going to cut to the chase. My mom is Colombian, and when she came to the States, um, she had this mindset of what a child should be, like when she was to have a daughter. And oh, and so um, she had this image of what she wanted her daughter to be like, and I did not fit, fit that image at all. So what began to happen was she began to reject me. No matter what I did, no matter how I behaved, it was never good enough. So it was just constant, the rejection that I received from my mom. So therefore, I became angry and defensive. And every time my mom would reject me, I would rebel, and I would reject her. So the more I knew there was something she didn't like that I did, the more I did it. And I cannot tell you the fuetazos that I received, but every time I purposely and deliberately reacted that way. So this went on for years until I received the ultimate rejection from my mom, which was, a, I was about 13 going on 14, and she abandoned me and my five-year-old brother. I was so overwhelmed with anger, and then I had the task of telling my five-year-old brother that my mom wasn't coming back. And this little boy cried, and I hated her for it. So I, I grew up in Watson, and I took that rage and went to the streets. And I was just enraged, angry, bitter, you know, I, I was cold, I was hardened. I was just, you know, I took to the streets, like, real viciously. 
So, and you know, even in the streets, people reject you, but it didn't faze me. Like, after losing your mom, like, really, what, what do you think rejecting me would do? So instead, I would make fun of them. I would, like, you know, taunt them. Like, they thought their rejection was going to get to me. It was like, ha, ah, you know. <laughs> no. Well, fast forward, 10 years afterwards, Jesus rescued me from the streets. Thank you, Lord. So, um, that's for another time. So, um, like two years in serving the Lord, I was so in love with the Lord. I was so in love with the body. I was so in love being a family of God, brothers and sisters. And I was living in bliss. I, it was heaven, you know, I was living heaven on earth. Then the sister in leadership rejected me to the point that I felt humiliated. And that pain and that anger and that hurt when my mom abandoned me just like rose up. But before all of that, you know, rose up, I was in shock that this sister rejected me the way she did. I'm in the house of God. I'm a part of God's family. Like, how could you hurt me like that? Like, how can you do that to me? So I was angry at God. And I was angry at the sister. And then I was angry at myself for letting my guard down. And, the, and I'm one of those that when I'm very angry, I cried. And so I started to cry. And the more I cried, the angrier I got. And the angrier I got, the more I cried. So once I calmed down and I went before the Lord, oh, you know, you know, just, oh, you know, letting him have it good. So I thought. <laughs> then he let me have it good. And he started to show me how Jesus was rejected. How Jesus came to the world that he created to his own special people and they rejected him. How the Pharisees have placed such an expectation of how the Messiah should come that they rejected him. How Jesus had this message of love that he shared with the people and the people would pick up stones and reject them. How he had his disciples, the 12 that he chose, one of them betrayed him and rejected him and the other one denied him three times and rejected him. How there was this feast in the Passover which it was a tradition for them, the Jews, that they would release one prisoner. And so they rejected the king of kings for a thief to be released. How when Jesus was dying, hanging on that cross, for a moment it appeared like even God rejected him to the point where Jesus cried, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So after the Lord showed me all of that, I felt so at peace, so soothed, that I have a God that understands rejection, that I serve a God that knows my pain, that I have a God that I can come to with my brokenness, with my rejection. And so he even healed that wound that I had of abandonment issues. And so, you know, thank God that my mom came back during that time and we reconciled our relationship. And it's, it's still a process. <laughs> but um, I give God the glory for that. But the beauty that I, I love about this is that now, because of the Christ in me, the hope of glory, I handle rejection differently. Like, yes, I still get upset. Yes, I still get defensive. But no, I don't rebel. No, I don't reject you. You know, I'll go and vent to a sister or two, let it off my chest. 
Yes, I take it to the Lord in prayer. And I pray for the one that offended me and rejected me. And I ask God to help me to forgive that person, which is not easy. Not at all. And so um, what I love about that process is that there are some people that the relationships have been reconciled to God be the glory. And there's some that I let go. They, they never deserved me to begin with. So there's some that, you know, and, um, and what I love mostly that because um, through Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory, I can continue. See, rejection didn't beat me. I beat it through Christ. It didn't stop me from loving, from living. It didn't imprison me. It didn't have me putting people at arm's distance. It didn't have me living life on the sidelines. No, I jump in there. I love, I live, I embrace, I reach out. I put myself out there and I give God the glory because I wouldn't be able to do that. And so I just wanted to share with you that um, God is not a respecter of persons. The same way he did it for me, I am a living testimony that the Lord that healed my wounds that has helped me with rejection and still helps me through rejection because I still feel the sting is the same God that would do it for you if you would allow him. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> I'm here again. Um... If I really let you know I didn't want to speak today, because when you speak about um, something that um, you're going through, oh my God, since Wednesday, the enemy, the enemy been picky, picky, picky. <laughs> but you know what? Great is he who's in me than he who's in the world. So I told Pastor Gary I wasn't going to speak, but I'm going to speak anyway. He's a liar, and I don't believe anything he says anymore. So I was speaking Wednesday, it was a teaching about how the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, and how God comes to give us life, life more abundantly. And um, I don't want to speak so much about my testimony because I have spoke about it, but I was rejected since I was a little girl. And um, one of the things that my mom, I spoke um, Wednesday and I forgot to speak about it, my mom like two months ago we were speaking and she never shared something that happened to her when she was pregnant of me. My mom, when she was pregnant of me, I think she was seven months. She said she had a, a demonic attack. She was laying on her bed and something came over her and she could not get up, but her, her um, spirit got up and she was in the living room calling my dad saying, Fernando, Fernando, Fernando. She for her whole pregnancy of me, she was always afraid. She, um, they prayed for her, everything. So God is only showing me from the beginning the enemy had plans for me. But greater is he who's in me because his plans didn't prosper. I am a um, woman of God in progress. <laughs> I haven't arrived, but I'm walking it through with God. So I wrote this, um, when I was young, I used to like to write, and I wrote this little um, writing, and I want to share it with you. And it says, So Long Rejection by Sarah Rosario. So Long Rejection. I don't even know when I met you. You seem to always be in my home, 
Now that I think about it, who invited you in? I seem to always have been able to hear your voice telling me that no one cares and that no one's there, that I can't and I won't. Then one day I met him, the voice of truth, Jesus. He told me he loved me, that he cared and that he will always be there, that I can and I will. So today proudly I say solo rejection. I'm not glad I ever met you. Thank you. Amen. So I'm going to close today by having Cynthia come up. I asked her to, I asked her to come and, and dance. Because as I said, the Bible says that we are changed. Our identity is changed as we behold God, as we look at his beauty. And I asked her to dance because she's going to portray to you right now the love and the beauty and the character of God. And as you watch, just let it minister to you that that same glory is on you. That same beauty of the Lord is on you.
Amen. You see, everything that God is, that's who you are. The character, the beauty, the glory. The Bible says that we are like Him. That we are of His essence. That's why when you worship, you'll be looking at Jesus. And you are being changed into His likeness. And who you are is transformed. The Bible says that the devil is called the accuser of the brethren. You know what that means? That the devil, he puts thoughts into your head, accusing you, telling you it was all your fault. Everything that happened to you, you deserve it. Telling you how ugly you are, how fat you are, how no good you are, that nothing good will ever happen to you. Those thoughts coming in your head, that's not God. That's not even your own thoughts. That's not who you are. In Jesus' name, I break those, the power of those thoughts now in Jesus' name. And you need to stop repeating what you're hearing in your head. Stop coming into agreement with the devil. Oh, I hate how I look. Oh, no, I'll never get anywhere. Those are lies. You are powerful in God. Nothing can stop you. Nothing in this world can keep you from being blessed, from prospering. From the creativity that God's placed in you. So I'm going to ask for Lee to come. And as she comes, if you're saying, I'm making a decision today. I'm not going to let rejection steal from me anymore. You don't have to come up here, but I just want to ask you to stand. Because I'm making a stand. I'm deciding right now. Right now in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be robbed for one more day. I'm not going to agree the devil that, that I'm not good enough. See, I struggle with that just as much as any of you. But I'm moving ahead. I'm leaving it behind today. And I asked Lee just to release the song of freedom today over you. And then my daughter Margot, she's just going to pray. Our freedom comes from the redemptive work on the cross of Christ. And when he died, and in three days rose again, he gave us another opportunity at life. And if there's anybody in this world that has understood sore rejection and severe abuse, it's been me. But I boast in the glory of God because in my rejection, I have known his love in a way that so many in this world will never know. And he floods me and reminds me of his goodness and he draws near to me in dreams and I hear his voice and I see his face and it never gets old and he runs after me. And when I'm sad and I'm alone because I don't have a mother, I don't have a father, the Lord draws himself so close. 
And many say, oh, she's a dreamer. She's a dreamer. She dreams. She always has dreams. But do you know that that's come at a cost? Do you know that I was rejected? Do you know that I was abused? Do you know that I was sold into this country? Do you know that I was orphaned twice? Do you know that I was homeless? That I was raped by a man who had HIV? Do you know that I was forsaken by my mother and my father and any figure that was supposed to love me? So I know today what rejection is, but I know that rejection is not the end of the story. I understand that rejection was transformed into the glory of God over my life, that I might look to my creator, that I might look to my maker, and that I might give him all the glory and that I might give him all the praise. And because of this glorious love, my whole entire being has been transformed for the glory of God, I did not survive, but I have overcome rejection. I have overcome and become victorious because of the blood of Jesus. And last night I had this dream. And some of you read the Facebook post this morning and I had this dream. And in the dream, my brother and I were selling our old apartment where all the abuse and all the rejection and everything partially took place. And in the dream, this woman comes to me, and in my spirit, I knew there was something wrong with her. I knew she was not of God. And she begins to remind me and says, and, and she's like, oh, oh, you know, you have been through so much. You have been through so much. There's been so much pain and so much torment. And she begins to cry like as if she can have compassion on my soul. And because she was crying for me, I said to myself, well, let me listen to her. But something in my gut said, no, you're at the place where you're getting rid of this. You're selling it. You're selling away all the garbage and all the rejection and the Lord said to me speak this to her and I told her stop and I went like that I said stop I said I have been redeemed from the finished work of Christ on the cross and my redemption has been paid for and I do not accept this pain and I do not accept this torment because it is not who I am in this world, I am the daughter of the Most High God. In this world, I am a child who is loved and who is endeared by my Father. I am highly favored and I am blessed. I am the head and I am not the tail. I am above only and I am not beneath. And although the world handed me this trial and this torment because of this rejection God has glorified himself and taken me before queens and taken me before ministers and taken me for me before the corporate world because he said he takes the pretty much the crap of the world and he sets it in a high place you are seated in heavenly places with Jesus and in the fellowship of your suffering you will know him you will feel him you will love him and I'm gonna release this song over you this morning and as I release this song I believe that every sense of your being is gonna be filled with the confidence of God's love for you that you would know that you are not rejected but you are loved you are in the beloved
those that sit in these pews right now you have died for and you love with an everlasting And it'll 
run after you and you'll give it to your children and you'll give it to your children's children and it'll be upon your workplace and it'll be upon the generations upon generations upon generations for the love of God will not fail for the love of God will not retreat for the love of God will not relent for the blood of Jesus is still working for the redemptive power of the cross is working even now on the inside of you for you are not a survivor but the Lord says that you are an overcomer and a victorious one in the kingdom of God and as you lift your voice and as you worship the king of kings the Lord is going to free you from your circumstance and no devil in hell will be able to come against you so lift up your hands unto the Lord lift up your hands unto Jesus who is the author and the finisher of your faith for he loves you with an everlasting love and if you believe this just begin to give a shout unto the Lord just say Lord I love you Lord I need you oh Jesus you are the one and only God you are the one and only God hallelujah Lord we give you all the praise Lord we give you all the honor for you alone are worthy you alone have redeemed us from the depths of hell you are the one who has picked us up out of the pit of darkness and you have revealed your marvelous light unto us God and we love you this morning Jesus we love you this morning God for our salvation is sealed and on the day that you crack the sky and you come to meet us face to face we know Lord God that we will have many crowns to set before your feet for you alone are faithful and you will produce God the work of our hands into a glorious work for your kingdom God we give you all the praise God we give you all the honor and we love you Jesus we love you we love you we love you we love you Jesus we love you Father hallelujah amen so my, my daughter Margot is just going to seal this work over you today. When you leave today, you need to walk with your head held up. There is nobody in this world who's one little bit better than you. No pastor. No rich person. You are royalty. So we're going to seal that right now. Margo's going to pray. And then the worship team's going to do one last song. And we just want to remind you right after church, if you need healing in your body, we want to pray for miracles today. Or if you need healing in your heart, you, you want to break off rejection or depression, we, we'll pray for you. So that'll be right over here in the room right after the service. Bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such mighty things happen today already. But God, you want to take it to the next level. And right now, it seemed impossible for you to overcome this rejection. Maybe you suffered with it your whole life. But the Lord's about to do us such a deep, mighty work in your heart. And so I'm just going to take you through a prayer right now to pray through this rejection and be done with it forever. And I'm going to pray for the Holy Spirit to bring up a memory. And I don't want you to ignore this memory. I want you to pay attention because it's the Holy Spirit bringing it up right now. And so right now, just focus on Jesus. 
and allow the Holy Spirit to bring up a memory. Maybe it's from when you were five years old. Maybe it's from last year or yesterday. But Lord, I ask you to bring up a painful memory. Bring it to the surface, Lord, so you can bring healing to this memory today. And so every person here, I want you to pay attention. What is the Holy Spirit showing you? What is the Holy Spirit bringing up? Who abandoned you? Who rejected you as a four-year-old? Is it your mother? Is it your father? Your step-parent that hurt you so bad? Who is it? Is it your older brother that molested you? What is that pain right now? And I want you to see that person or those people before you. And I want you to release from deep inside of you, Jesus. Release him. Release forgiveness. And let Jesus do all the work right now supernaturally. You're able to forgive that person. It's the power of the cross. It's because of what Jesus did 2,000 years ago that you're able to forgive that person. And let those tears flow. Let that pain come out. You bottled up that pain for so long. You've held in that shame. You're, you can't stand what you see in the mirror because of this pain that's been bottled up inside for 20 years, 30 years. Forgive. Let Jesus do all the work. And let that river of forgiveness flow to that person. See your father in front of you. And let that river of forgiveness flow th to your father right now. Out of his pain, he brought you pain. And right now, the next step is you're going to receive forgiveness. Receive forgiveness for holding on to this shame. Holding on to the anger, whatever it is. Holy Spirit, show us what we need to receive forgiveness for today. Receive forgiveness for the bitterness that you've held on to, whatever it is. Receive forgiveness for being afraid. Forgiveness. Receive forgiveness. It's supernatural. It's the work of the cross. And now, Jesus, I ask you to go to and through the pain of that memory. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring cleansing, to bring healing today. People have come here so broken, feel like they're falling apart. But God, I thank you, Lord, that you're creating a masterpiece out of us, God, and that nobody is left behind. Not one of you. You're called to the nations. You're called to preach the gospel. God didn't say, forget it. You're too messed up. He said, I've still called you. I've chosen you, and I'm bringing you through this shining so brightly for the kingdom you're gonna bring God so much glory so Jesus bring healing bring healing let your healing flood through this place and I heard the Lord say that there are physical healings that are taking place right now healing of arthritis healing of stomach problems digestive problems because of the inner pain because your heart has been wounded your body has been aching but the Lord is bringing healing right now to your physical body as well and in Jesus name we come again
against the spirit of infirmity. We come against deafness in your ear, ringing in your ears. We come against that infirmity in Jesus' name. And I speak healing, healing to your broken heart, healing to your physical body today in the name of Jesus. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Be free. Chains are coming off of people right now. Receive it. Do whatever you have to do. Shake it off. Jump up and down. Lift up your hands. Shout to the Lord. Sing to Him. Whatever it is, show Him how much you love Him. Just be with Him. Tell Him that you love Him today.